Today, from our news team, an update on the live-action Gundam movie, more trending social media movie movements, and big investments from Sony and Microsoft. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, your source for stolen information, hot takes, and your weekly news. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail. As always, before we get into the news, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. This is one of five regularly scheduled shows that we host every week. Starting your week off on the right foot, we have Monday Madness with Anthony. On Thursday, of course, we'll meet back here for the news desk. On Friday, Dustin hosts the Friday show. Tune in Saturday then for on today's episode and then round out your weekend with the Weekend Wire on Sunday. With all that being said, let's take a peek at the news. In movie news, there is a new Army of the Dead trailer. Uh, So if you have not seen that trailer, go check it out. It is on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Culture Jacked. But it's an amazing trailer, action-packed, gory, and incredible. Uh, The synopsis says as such. Army of the Dead takes place following a zombie outbreak that has left Las Vegas in ruins and walled off from the rest of the world. When Scott Ward, a displaced Vegas local, former zombie war hero who's now flipping burgers on the outskirts of the town he calls home, is approached by casino boss Bly Tanaka. It's with the ultimate proposition. Break into the zombie-infested quarantine zone to retrieve... $200 million sitting in a vault beneath the strip before the city is nuked by the government in 32 hours. Driven by the hope that the payoff could help pave the way to a reconciliation with his estranged daughter Kate, Ward takes on the challenge, assembling a ragtag team of experts for the heist. With a ticking clock, a notoriously impenetrable vault, and a smarter, faster horde of alpha zombies closing in, only one thing is for certain. In the greatest heist ever attempted, survivors take all. Uh, The cast includes, of course, Dave Bautista, Ella Purnell, Omari Hardwick, Ana de la Reguera, Theo Rossi, Matthias Matthias Schweighofer, Nora Arnazeter, Hiroyuki Sonata, and Garrett Dillahunt. Tig Natoro, Raul Castillo, Huma S. Karishi, Samantha Wynn, Richard Cedarone, and Michael Cassidy. Army of the Dead is set to be released on Netflix and select U.S. theaters on May 21st, 2021. So look forward to that show coming out. In other trailer news, also available on the Facebook page, we, we added it, we shared it on that page. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard uh, has a new trailer out now. This is a Samuel L. Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, Selma Hayek joint, uh, also including Antonio Banderas and Morgan Freeman. The Hitman's Wife Bodyguard is set to be released in U.S. theaters on June 16th, with a U.K. release window now confirmed for Wednesday, June 23rd. Now, this one looks like a hilarious romp with a (laughs) former mafia bodyguard, Ryan Reynolds, who has decided for his psychological benefit, for the ease of his mind to quit the bodyguarding gig. But just like the mafia, every time I get out, they pull me back in. Uh, in other movie news, Kong Skull Island director Jordan Vaught-Roberts is going to helm a live-action Gundam movie 
for Netflix. Now, this is incredible. I, I think that Gundam could have been made into a movie or a series at this point several times over. And the reason I think that is because the special effects, the animation needed to create a Gundam movie that does justification to the feeling of the original animated films or the animated series, any one of them, G Gundam, of course, being the the best uh, Gundam that is out there, is now at that level that we can make a film that does those old anime justice. I'm very excited to see it. In other movie news, Powerpuff Poster offers a first official look at the adult Powerpuff Girls. Uh, Of course, this is the one with Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, and Yana Peralt as the titular heroes in Powerpuff Girls. Now, I, I think looking at this poster and looking at these characters and how they are portrayed as Powerpuff Girls, I think they nailed the aesthetic of what the girls represent. Of course, Blossom being the leader, Buttercup being kind of an angsty type person, and then Bubbles being the hope, hopelessly cheerful and optimistic character in the group. I think they nailed the aesthetic fine. However, I, I without seeing it yet, and of course, I'll, I guess I'll have to withhold judgment until I do see it, the Powerpuff Girls needs to have outlandish special effects. It needs to have these girls flying around. If we are going to to watch just an angsty trio of girls not use their powers until the end, we've seen that play out time and again in these modern remakes. The people have spoken, and the people want large action. They want big special effects. And I think that this Powerpuff Girls is a great place to showcase that unless they decide to focus on their angst which I'm afraid is what they're probably going to do. Uh, The new Shazam movie, Shazam Fury of the Gods, has added Lucy Liu as a villain named Calypso. So uh, I've always loved Lucy Liu, a big fan of her work for a long time. Glad that she's still in movie productions. Granted, her star has fallen a little bit in Hollywood, but it's nice to see her in things like this. So we will see uh, how Lucy Liu does up against, I guess, the Shazam family now. Uh, In other movie news, the ongoing saga between Justice League star Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers continues. Uh, In an interview with Empire Magazine, Ray Fisher kind of opened up about the disparate uh, methodologies between Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon and how they were presented as the group. So, Uh, Like the excerpt says, uh, Ray Fisher is quoted as saying, transparency would have gone a long way if they had said to us, hey, we don't like Zack's movie. We want to shift gears completely and we need you guys to buckle down. Fisher says, reflecting on the troubled reshoots in 2017. But they were trying to hold on to this narrative of doing it for Zack and maintaining his vision, all the while completely not doing that. Unfortunately, gaslighting occurred by asking for input, but ultimately biting people's heads off when you gave it, he said, alluding to the negative experience he had working with Whedon. And he'd already mentioned that in other interviews as well. Fisher added uh, that he, he made some more, more claims against Joss Whedon. Uh, apparently there was an ableist joke uh, about Victor being unable to feel his legs, uh, He also wanted, the director Joss Whedon, also wanted to shoot a scene where Cyborg was drawn and quartered by the villain Steppenwolf. And 
of course, Ray Fisher didn't think that it would be a good idea to have the only black character in the film be completely dismembered. And if you remember in Joss Whedon's uh, version of the film, he did eventually have Cyborg lose a leg to Steppenwolf, uh, which I guess was the replacement for the scene where he's completely drawn and quartered. Uh, we'll continue to look out for more excerpts from that Empire Magazine interview when it is released. The Batman, uh, we're getting another another online social media movement, and we've got hashtag make the Batfleck movie again. Uh, it's it's funny that if you think about how <laughs> how universally panned the casting choice of Ben Affleck was for Batman. Before before the Batman versus Superman movie came out and they said, OK, he did justice to the character. He did a good job as Batman. However, now we have such an outcry now that he's leaving the uh, universe to have him portray his version of Batman again, which is so funny to me. So the hashtag make the Batfleck movie is trending on Twitter. Other things that are trending on Twitter is, of course, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse, hashtag Deathstroke HBO Max. Now, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see a Deathstroke movie, especially uh, with the way that character was portrayed at the end of the Zack Snyder Justice League. Uh, also, hashtag Release the Zemo Cut. More news on that in a minute. And then, of course, hashtag Release the Air Cut. I am not a fan of the Air Cut. However... Maybe he does have a, a better, more perfect version or more perfect vision of the film than was eventually released. In other movie news, Black Adam star Dwayne Johnson comments on possibly running for president after receiving some positive poll results. Now, I know on this show we like to stay as apolitical as we can. We don't want to rustle, ruffle too many feathers. However, when our entertainment medium starts bleeding over into politics, we have no choice but to oblige. And so, Hollywood's sweetheart and superstar, The Rock, posted a tweet about that poll. He said, Not sure our founding fathers ever envisioned a 6'4", bald, tattooed, half-black, half Samoan, tequila drinking, pickup truck driving, fanny pack wearing guy joining their club. But if it ever happens, it'd be my honor to serve the people. And so we will continue to follow news on Dwayne Johnson's political campaign for president. Perhaps we'll see. Uh, like we said earlier, there is some news moving forward from that release the Zemo cut. Like we said in the last episode that there was a movement after uh, Baron Zemo's dance moves were released in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode number three in Madripoor. Uh, everyone said, wow, what wonderful dance moves this Zemo guy has. And apparently... There was an extended scene of him dancing and he did all kinds of dance moves and it was filmed. And of course, much of it was cut for the actual show. But there exists Zemo dancing in an extended fashion out there. Uh, it's funny because Marvel Studios released onto YouTube a full Baron Zemo dance sequence from last week's episode. Now, I watched part of it. It is an hour long. 
Um, but it's basically the same 15 seconds on a loop. And so it's not, of course, an hour of unique dance moves from Baron Zemo that they just stayed in studio filming him do, but they did acquiesce to the demands of the fans and released a longer version of the dance moves that we've already seen. Now, I don't know if Disney's tongue-in-cheek humor is going to be winning them any awards or currying much favor with their fans. However, the Ralph Boner from WandaVision, the same 15 seconds of dance moves released as an hour-long looped repeated version on YouTube, I don't know how much longer fans are going to sit by, stand by, and tolerate this kind of abuse from Disney. And that's all we have in movie news. In gaming news, uh, Nintendo just had a Nintendo Direct style Indie World Direct yesterday. And so if you had an opportunity to see that, they did announce a slew of indie games to include Oxenfree 2, There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension, and about 20 other indie titles. So if you haven't seen that Nintendo Indie World Direct style event, Go, go check it out, especially if you're a Nintendo fan, I guess. In other gaming news, Oculus announces AirLink, new infinite office features, and 120 hertz support for upcoming Quest software update. So this is the Oculus Quest version 28, uh, and the update is coming soon. It is not out now, but there are a couple highlights from the update. One is it will let you play PC VR games wirelessly using the Oculus AirLink. Now, Oculus Link has been a thing since 2019, of course, but you needed to use a cable connection to your PC. Um, however, Oculus has been working on implementing streaming technology called the Oculus AirLink, which will let you play PC VR games wirelessly on the Quest 2 using Wi-Fi. It will be available in experimental mode on the Quest 2 soon. Now, uh, I've talked with Dustin a lot, and he does have a Quest 2, and they play many of the games... Uh, well, actually, all of the games that they play are played as part of the Oculus Quest 2's internal drive, internal storage. So I don't know if there will be a future uh, wherein you can hook up additional storage to your Wi-Fi router, have it on the same Wi-Fi network, and be able to play games off of that. Uh, like we said in the in the drop to this news story, 120 hertz support for smoother gameplay uh, so this bullet tells uh, that developers will soon be able to release apps on the Oculus Store that run at 120 hertz. And players can toggle uh, the 120 hertz option in the experimental panel to experience supported applications at higher frame rates. Pluto, frame rates, excuse me. Uh, a couple work tools if that is something that you intend to use your Oculus Quest 2 for, though I had never intended it. I do think that does sound interesting. Uh, one of them is bringing your own desk into VR. So this feature will allow you to place a virtual desk on real furniture so you can see it and you can use it as a separate seated area wherein you can access work tools like like browser and others. Uh this kind of stuff is so interesting to me, this this kind of augmented reality stuff, wherein, especially for business application, where you can manipulate uh, models and prints and projects out over a table set that then could be viewed remotely by other team members. It's very interesting and very exciting. And the corporate shill part of me that still lives in that world 
thinks that this could be a great boon to businesses uh, who decide to, to use the technology. Uh, you'll also be able to pair your physical keyboard with your Quest 2. Um, so that's a Logitech K830 keyboard uh, and see a 3D representation of your hands and keyboard within the VR home environment. Now, Dustin lent me the Oculus Quest 2 uh, a couple days ago and <laughs> being the cheeky fellow that I am, I turned off the controller inputs and I put on the hand registration. And so you can turn it on so the Oculus Quest via the cameras on the on the quest can view your hands and i was able to manipulate uh window windows and menus using only the pinch of my hands out in the air in front of me it's an amazing time that we're living in and it's only going to get more in depth and more interesting as time goes on in other gaming news sony is investing another 200 million dollars in epic games so this is an article from The Gamer. Uh, Epic just announced today that it has secured another $1 billion in funding for future growth, with Sony accounting for $200 million of that total amount. Uh, according to Epic, Sony's investment builds on the already close relationship between the two and reinforces their shared mission to advance the state of art in technology, entertainment, and socially connected online services. A long list of financial companies were also part of the $1 billion in funding, including the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, Canada's largest single profession pension plan. <clears throat> so uh, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney said in a prepared statement, We are grateful to our new and existing investors who support our vision for Epic and the metaverse. Their investment will help accelerate our work around building connected social experiences in Fortnite, Rocket League, and Fall Guys, while empowering game developers and creators with Unreal Engine, Epic Online Services, and the Epic Game Store. So these investments, along with the money-printing capabilities of Fortnite, are a big reason why Epic can afford to operate the Epic Games Store at a substantial loss. According to recently released financial documents that came out of the Apple-Epic legal feud, Epic has spent $444 million in exclusive game deals trying to get people onto its platform. Now, on top of that, Epic has given away $749 million uh, worth of free games in its weekly game giveaways. I need to get into PC gaming. I tell you that, I'll tell you that right now. In other gaming news, Apex Legends now has more than 100 million players. Uh, Apex Legends, of course, just celebrating their second anniversary. Uh, and that isn't... Archie, you're getting ahead of yourself here. You're getting a little too excited. I know you enjoy Apex Legends. You get like getting on playing with playing with Dustin there. Granted, you're a lot better than he is, but that's that's to be expected. <clears throat> Compare that 100 million players uh, for Apex Legends to Call of Duty Warzone's 75 million players, and Fortnite with 350 million registered players last May. And of course, those numbers continue to climb, in part because of our next news story, Horizon Zero Dawn's character Alloy is coming to Fortnite. She'll be available actually today. So if you are a Fortnite player and you are playing the game, you can go snatch up Alloy 
today. She is the star of Sony's 2017 game, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, she's going to be included with a bundle that gives her a glider. It will also give her um, other other cosmetics, other, other things in the game. Uh, there is a lot of characters from other licenses in this game. So not only is Alloy coming to the game, of course, we've got Master Chief from the Halo series, Kratos, and then Lara Croft. And there's there's Predator, there's Terminator, there are all kinds of characters from Star Wars, the Mandalorian is in the game. It's it's pretty interesting. I don't know what Epic is aiming at, and I don't know if there is any real benefit to Microsoft or Sony to have more of these characters from their individual independent franchises in this game than the other but we are seeing a huge influx. It's games like this and games like Smash Brothers and deals like the Spider-Man deal with the MCU, the Sony deal with the with Disney that make me believe that <laughs> these companies are benevolent and these companies want the best for us, the consumer, which is obviously not the case. They want our money. They want our pocketbook, our wallet to open up to them. But it's things like this that make me very happy. It makes me feel like just regular people win. And that's it for gaming news. In other tech news, speaking of regular people who just are winning, uh, we have a headline from The Verge. Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin launches New Shepard again with first crewed flight soon. Now, I did not realize that this is what billionaires did with their spare time and their spare resources. Is Jeff Bezos now competing against Elon Musk to be a pioneer of space flight? Are we going to have the planet Tesla, the Tesla colony and the Amazon colony? I mean, I know you're not shipping prime boxes up there, Jeff. What the hell are you doing in space? So Jeff Bezos space company, Blue Origin, which I, again, had no idea that he, he had owned or operated a space company. I guess I've been too distracted by Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Invincible and Outriders to be paying attention to things like space. But they carried out another suborbital launch of its new Shepard rocket on Wednesday testing its reusable booster and capsule system, which is designed to carry humans to the edge of space and back. Like the last 14 launches, no humans were aboard this time, but with an extensive pre-launch exercise with stand-in astronauts, oh, and, and you're going to have to get this name, it's so good. On Wednesday, the company indicated its first crewed flight may be around the corner. The five-story tall New Shepard rocket lifted off from Blue Origin's test facilities in Van Horn, Texas at 1249 uh, Eastern time on Wednesday, it soared roughly 65 miles above the ground before jettisoning its crew capsule, which sat atop the rocket booster carrying the company's test dummy named mannequin Skywalker. <laughs> That's wonderful, Jeff. You know, I, I didn't have a dog in this space flight fight. However, I think I do now. I think I'm, I'm voting for mannequin Skywalker. However, I guess he could take a turn to the dark side. Um, and some might argue you already have, Jeff, but that's beyond the point. In other other tech news, the FCC wants you 
to test your internet speeds with its new app. So uh, the FCC, uh, the Federal Communications Commission, is releasing a new speed test app on Android and iOS to measure internet speeds across the country. Now, I have great internet speeds where I am. However, Dustin lives in the middle of the woods. He's basically a yokel. This guy has the internet speeds of a potato. There are trees with better Wi-Fi than he has at his house. Uh, <clears throat> so they are trying to get a, a gauge on what the internet is across the country. Uh, it works very similar to existing speed testing apps like Ookla's and uh, Fast by Netflix. It automatically collects and displays data once users press the start testing button. Uh, why, why are they doing this? Uh, they want to, quote, close the gap between digital haves and have-nots. We are working to build a comprehensive, user-friendly data set on broadband availability. And that's from Acting Chair Jessica Ro Rosenworcel in a statement on Monday. Uh, she said, expanding the base of consumers who use the FCC speed test will enable us to provide improved coverage information to the public and add to the measurement tools that we're developing to show where broadband is truly available throughout the United States. So the app is part of the agency's broader efforts to collect more accurate broadband uh, speed data from across the country. The FCC's current coverage maps are built from self-reported data from internet service providers like AT&T and Verizon. And in doing so, the process has allowed ISPs to uh, exaggerate their current coverage, drawing heated criticism from broadband access advocates. Whew. That was quite the mouthful, I've got to say. Now, of course, uh, lamenting Dustin's internet and my great internet over here, it would be interesting to see a true picture of what accessibility uh, means to people in this country and people around the world. Now, if uh, this doesn't take off on the ground, of course, we also have Elon Musk testing out his Starlink feature, which is supposed to offer a high-speed internet connection, a satellite, high-speed satellite internet connection across the, across the country, if not across uh, the world. In other tech news, and this is the last tech news story we have for you today, Microsoft buys AI speech tech company Nuance for $19.7 billion. Now, this is its second largest acquisition since buying LinkedIn. Uh, and from the Verge article, Microsoft is buying AI speech tech firm Nuance for $19.7 billion, bolstering the Redmond, Washington-based tech giant's prowess in voice recognition and giving it further leverage in the healthcare market uh, where Nuance sells many products. Microsoft will pay $56 per share for Nuance, a 23% premium over the company's closing price last Friday. The deal includes Nuance's net debt as well. Uh, of course, Nuance is not just for healthcare market applications, but Nuance has licensed its technology to many services and applications, including, most famously, Apple's digital assistant, Siri. Uh, so this is its Dragon software, and Dragon is an industry leader in terms of transcription accuracy. So what it does, it reads a person's voice and then begins to understand a person's voice to better be able to trans translate and transcribe uh, that information. The $19.7 billion acquisition of Nuance's is Microsoft's second largest behind its purchase of LinkedIn for $26 billion. 
And it says it comes at a time when speech tech is improving rapidly. Thanks to deep learning boom in AI, there are simultaneously more opportunities for its use. Now, AI, when it comes to speak re speech recognition and uh, facial recognition, and then also the duplication and the creation of those assets of a human person, it unnerves me greatly. It makes me think that there will be a time in the future where we have taken ourselves completely out of the uncanny valley where we can recognize a computer-generated face and we can recognize a computer-generated uh, voice because there's just something off about it. And, and this deep learning technology will crack that last bit of the code where they discover what it is that makes that thing uncanny and they will can cannonize it. They will make it canny and they will make it like we feel like it is just another human. And at that point, there will be no way to trust anything that you do not see with your own eyes. And even those things that you see with your own eyes, you will cast some shadow of a doubt on. I think we are on the precipice. We are at the dawn of an age where nothing can be trusted. And to me, that is very, very unnerving. I'm sorry to fill you with existential dread, but that is all we have in other tech news. And finally, for the news desk, like we talk about every week, uh, these are the things that I've been playing and watching that I've been entertaining myself with, with the media that I enjoy. And so what I've been playing, a few games. I, I, I've been playing some more Boomerang Foo with, uh, well, with Dustin and his kids. Uh, a lot of fun there. I've been playing Project Winter. I only actually played that for a minute. I got through the tutorial. It is a squad-based game wherein there is a mission objective. It's a survival-type game. You have to go out and gather supplies, but then there are also job assignments. You may be assigned as a, a scientist or as an engineer or as a survivalist, but some of the assignments can also be as a trader as well. So you may have a trader in your midst and you may not know it. So a very interesting concept, and I'm looking forward to getting into it more. Another game I've been playing uh, on Xbox Game Pass is Cyber Shadow. Now, Cyber Shadow is giving me some very serious old-school NES Ninja Gaiden vibes. It's Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? It's Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden vibes. Uh, you are a a samurai or not a samurai, you're a ninja and you move to the right or the left of the stage or the up of the stage or the down of the stage. Uh, and you traverse fighting enemies, very simple controls. However, uh, I've started to get upgrades. I got a couple upgrades. I just unlocked the shuriken. And so now I can use that to my advantage. Uh, there's other power sets. I'm sure it will pick up the speed. Most likely there will be a double jump mechanic that's introduced at some point, a dash mechanic that's introduced at some point, maybe even a climb or wall stick or grab mechanic that's introduced at some point. I don't even know if there's time reversal uh, aspects to the game, but I'm very excited to see what kinds of upgrades I can lock, uh, unlock. And it has also given me a incredible sense of nostalgia. This is what games used to be. They used to be so simple. And not saying this game is, is simple or it's undeserved in its praise because it is a highly praised game. But to me, it's just you're on a 2D plane and you're fighting ninjas and bugs and you have a, a series set of powers. I guess it's not unlike uh, most games, but 
regardless, it's fun. I don't know where I was going with that, talking about Cyber Shadow. The other, uh, the last game that I've been playing is also a Game Pass game. Well, I mean, if you're an Xbox user, if you're a PlayStation user, you are more than welcome to go out and buy this game. But it is Outriders. And so Outriders is available on Game Pass right now. And it is a Destiny-like shooter um, where it's like a loot and shoot style game like Anthem wanted to be like uh, Warframe is. But Outriders, basically, you are, Earth has destroyed itself. There was uh, war, turmoil, and apocalypse on Earth, and humanity escaped into space. After finally finding a planet hospitable to life, they sent a scout troop down to the planet that was summarily destroyed by, you know, some very strange phenomenon on the planet. And you, as one of these outriders, uh, were, you were, you were put into a cryo sleep to save your life. I I won't get too, too far into the details. This is all at the very beginning of the game. And when you come out of the cryo sleep, you have been gifted powers and there are others that have been gifted powers and you have been in that cryo sleep for many years and a war has been waging among the survivors of humanity and you this has an upgrade tree on it i picked the devastator class which is the defensive close quarter combat class uh it, it has a skill tree on it that really just dwarves many of the skill trees that i've seen in games before so i'm very excited about continuing to play this game uh, and granted, with my super fast internet, it's awesome. However, Dustin has reported to me some problems about operating the game on his potato internet uh, because one megabyte, two megabytes per second download speed apparently is not very good. Uh, also, what I've been watching, I've continued to watch uh, Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba. Uh, wonderful anime. It's on Netflix. I believe I'm on my 12th episode and it just keeps getting better. It keeps raising the stakes without, without causing that imbalance that you see in shonen anime sometimes where a hero just becomes more powerful for the sake of becoming more powerful. You see our hero learn how to use his powers in better ways but never does it look like he has been uh, granted power boosts along the way, or at least not yet, at least not in my 12 episodes of viewing. I watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League again. Still a great, a great film. Uh, I'm all caught up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you have not seen or if you have not listened to our review and recap and analysis and dissection and discussion about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Anthony, just this last Saturday, released uh, on today's episode, uh, episode uh, number four, or for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not really sure what episode on today's episode is on, but it's uh, the the breakdown of episode four. If you haven't seen this show, oh my gosh, John Walker, how could you? That's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil it. This isn't that kind of this isn't that kind of show. And also on HBO Max, though I have not watched it yet, I am about to start watching uh, The Nevers, focusing on a group of superpowered people, uh, it seems. And that's all I really know about it. I will report back next week to tell you what I have, uh, what I thought about that, that episode. And that's, 
that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been watching. And that is the Culture Jack News Desk episode. That's all we have for you today. Make sure that you stay tuned for the Friday show. On today's episode, The Weekend Wire, and of course, Monday Madness. If you can, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a review on the podcast streaming platform that you're listening to us on. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or any of the others, leave us a review. It does a lot to not only promote us within the algorithm, but allow us to get some feedback. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you want to see more of or hear more of, I guess, more appropriately for a podcast. You can, like I said, get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at CultureJacked. You can also send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Your email could be the first to be featured on the Culture Jack podcast. Other than that, thank you so much for joining us here at the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm Archimedes Abigail. That's the news. And we'll see you next week.